You are listening to the Two Sorry Excuses podcast. And for that, I apologize. Thanks for downloading the Two Sorry Excuses podcast from the frozen tundra of Ralph Wilson Stadium. I'm your old pal, Sanders. And I'm your old buddy, Liv. If you're keeping score at home, this is episode number 46, the Nico Manning edition. <laughs> I had to really, uh, I had to scrape the bottom of the barrel for that one. Nico Manning is a, uh, I believe he's a sophomore uh, lax player, maybe a sophomore midi. Okay. Um, Good, because I had no uh, clue who Dally was. From the greater Baldwin, uh, central New York area. So um, basketball numbers don't go past five. Digits in basketball numbers don't go past five because in college, uh, that's a rule. Yeah. Yeah, Um, So we got to wait till we get back to 50. Yep. Before we can start back up again, but we'll see what we can do. We'll see what we can do. Um, what's happening, man? How's your how's your week been? Uh, it's been all right, you know. Uh, a little hectic, a little busy. Was in court this morning, you know, running around. But besides that, I guess I have no complaints. It's been a blur. Yeah, it's a weird time of year, you know. It's like it's it, the, you're not interested in football anymore. You can't take basketball <laughs> seriously. If you're a Syracuse fan or a Saints yes. fan. Or... <laughs> yes. You know, basketball is just in the preseason. Um, so, you know, it's not worth getting all hot and bothered about. But I'll tell you what, if it was, uh, I'd be getting a little hot and bothered tonight. Uh, we yeah. are at the Garden at the uh, 2K Coaches Challenge, something along those lines. And we are getting spanked by Cal. Yep. Almost kind of frustrating to watch. Yeah, it's terrible, man. Because we're not doing anything offensively, and they're kind of shooting the lights out of the basket. Yeah, it's crazy. But what are you going to do? It's the third game of the season. Um, You know, I, I liked our team. I always like our team. But, you know, I'm not expecting huge, huge things from them. Yeah. 20, what, 23rd rank, 25th rank, something like 23rd. that? 23rd. We won't be ranked after this week, I guess. Yeah, that'll be tough. That'll be tough. They, uh, they've been ranked every week for like, it's been a ridic- It's been like yes. years now. Yeah, 70-something 70 70-something weeks, something like that? Yeah. But uh, it's a long basketball season. Yeah, I mean, know? it doesn't matter. I mean, we lost the first game of the year in 2002-2003 against Memphis at the Garden. Right. So... Um, but I did notice um was flipping through the old uh the uh old uh, two sorry excuses Twitter account. Uh you can follow us on Twitter at two sorry excuses. Our next Twitter follower will be our twenty first <laughs> Twitter follower. <laughs> How's that for ineptitude? Yeah. That's um, terrible. But mostly we, we just follow um a plethora of Syracuse themed um 
media outlets, commentators. Um, we follow Noon's Magician. We follow Brent Axe, who's a who's a reporter for Syracuse.com. We follow yep. Orange Fizz. And it's almost a waste because everybody live tweets Syracuse sporting events. But there's about eight people who we follow, and they all retweet the same, or they all tweet the same thing, and they're all retweeting each other. Yeah, so it's not even worth it. It's not silly. Yeah, I silly. Mean, I know we contemplate live tweeting before, but then exactly, it was like, why are we going to do this when everybody's out there doing that to begin with? And who's not watching or listening or having access to the game? On their own, that they need a third-party filter. I mean, okay, maybe you're out to dinner, um, you know, you're at an event. You need to just kind of follow along the lines. But um, well, that's why I originally started following Twitter to follow along with. You know, I would follow the post-standard basketball coverage. So when I was away, you know, and the game wasn't accessible, that was the way to keep up with it. It was a it was a hell of a lot better way to keep up with it than following along on the ESPN thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no doubt. Because you're also getting the opinion of people who sympathize with you, so you know what's, they're telling you what's going on other than just the abstract update of the score. True. But, yeah, but I understand what you're saying about, you know, I mean, who actually is following? Is anybody following those Twitter feeds now? That's not just another Twitter feed who's up, who's retweeting the other guy. Exactly. Exactly. So um, I, I think I'm going to narrow down so we only follow one other Twitter feed. Yeah. I'm going to narrow it down. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know what the what the criteria is going to be, but um, little by little, we'll weed them out. We'll be left with the the cream of the crop in terms of uh, Syracuse University commentary or Syracuse athletic commentary. Yeah, nice. Uh, what else? Uh, in terms of basketball, I mean, whatever. It's the third game. Not much. Um, you know, not much to chat about. Although, uh, apparently, the struggle to get past Hampton the other night was it Hampton. Uh, yes, we played Hampton. Yeah, I didn't watch. I didn't watch the game. I didn't watch that because that was the day of the abomination. Sorry, little Rod Stewart almost broke in there. <laughs> uh, what's the abomination? I was at the Saints game Sunday. Ah, uh, you were there against the, the Bengals. Disgusting things ever. Yeah, I was like, "Come on, it's the fucking Bengals. We're really this terrible." I'm like, "They just suck." I've been at games where I've gotten angry. That was more just depressing. It's like, man, they just suck. So, you um, know? wait, I want to get back to uh, I want to get back to the basketball team. But before I do, um, what what kind of news coverage has that 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 old dude stealing the ball from the Bengals fan get down there? Because nationally, you would think oh, he was the scorn of New Orleans, man. He looks so bad, and he makes Saints fans look so bad. One, not only did he steal the ball from the girl, he looks like a dick doing it. Yeah, he is a dick. He was on TV the next night, you know, all decked out and shit, interviewing, claiming, I wanted to get it for my grandson. 
You know, it's like, well, your grandson, if he's learning from you, he's fucking a douchebag in training, you know? To make matters worse, the Bengals scored the touchdown. Well, yeah, like, who wants, why does he want that fucking football? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Trust me, he was the most hated man in the city of New Orleans. All right, good. Good, good, good. blows by, but he's a fucking asshole, that guy. Tony Williams. Did um did Lee Zurich weigh in on the uh on I'm the sure he did, but I didn't see it, you know. I don't know who inter- <laughs> he was interviewed by like every local station. <laughs> and everybody's like, Come on, man, you don't think there's anything wrong with what you did? He's like, No, I just really wanted to get that ball for my grandson. That's bullshit. Yeah. That's yeah. bullshit. This is a dick move from the start. Yeah, he's a dick. And uh, he kept the ball, right? He never, he never yeah, he made never a man's back to her. The chick got a ball, right? Yeah, the Saints came down and gave her one. You know, one of the representatives. And then I guess like Thomas Morstead, who's the punter, and he's like got his own charity. And he's a really nice guy. He was kind of give her one. She said, "Well, can we do something for the Devin Still thing?" You know, the guy with the kid with cancer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, which. You know, it kind of takes away from that because it was a big game because Sean Payton was the one who, like, kicked off the fundraising for that dude, basically. Because you remember they said they were going to give all the proceeds from the jerseys to to the research or whatever for her, to her yeah. care? yep. Sean Payton went out and bought a 1,000 jerseys, like, right away. Oh, nice. You know, and they were $100 a piece, you know? Right. So, uh... You know, it was supposed to be a good feel-good weekend, you know, and then that dickhead. Yeah, how about a douchebag? Yeah, goes and ruins it. <laughs> Terrible, man. Um, speaking of douchebags who ruin things, um, this NCA investigation is, has uh, has popped up, and I guess a, a good um, a good number of the. Um, Potential violations are, are academic-themed violations, and they all point back to Fab Mello. Yeah, well, there's also that, but there's also the frigging YMCA guy. You read about him, right? That I heard about. I just heard about that today. What's the story that's with the, that? That's the bigger one, I think, because there's more shit going with that. You know how, like, every football or basketball player is a child and family studies major because it's a bullshit major? <laughs> yeah. Apparently, there was this common internship they all did through the YMCA and they had this guy out there who obviously loves Syracuse athletics who was apparently given some kind of improper benefits he also got busted for you know apparently he was drawing money from the YMCA account or something all these funds that went he was embezzling money you know so thinking you know that money he was embezzling was going to friggin' pay for shit for the players and stuff. From what I read, there's probably more to it, I guess. But some of it sounded like really bullshit. You know, like, as far as, like, he paid $100 to a player to work at, to work as a counselor at the camp. You know, sound like pinning anti bullshit. You know? so, so it was mostly um, improper financial benefit? Or yeah, was it like any, a no-show? Any, any benefit 
that you get because you're an athlete is improper. Yeah, but I mean, was it uh, was it like a like a no show internship where they getting credit for not? Uh... I mean, I think I think he was. I think they were gone to, but I think he was just giving them money for shit while they were there. You know? Okay. Like one of the examples was like he did pay some player a hundred dollars to work as a counselor one day or some bullshit. Yeah. See, that shit doesn't bother me. Yeah, I mean, that's all. And who is it? Some school out west. One of these schools in the Rockies or something just went on probation. I don't know who it was. Uh, Syracuse.com. I mean, I, I read it. Uh, Brunax linked to, uh, linked to it on Twitter. But it was from a post-standard article talking about some other school that got in trouble for a similar type of shit, apparently. That they're like, that could be the Syracuse punishment. I don't know. It was kind of all... Nothing really too serious, you know? Because um, the financial stuff's been, A, going on forever, and B, it's always petty any shit. It's always a hundred bucks. It's always a ride, you know, Yeah. off campus. It's never like they cut the guy a check for $10,000, and that's why he went to Syracuse, you know? Yeah, I mean, that shit hasn't happened for a long time. The academic stuff would bother me if they, you know, if if there was like a UNC situation. If I was a UNC grad, um, like those allegations would bother me well, a lot. But that is UNC's not going to get any trouble for any of that. Uh, why? What's the latest with that? I don't know, but it seemed like when it first came out, they said they're not going to get any that it's water under the bridge. It sounded like, <laughs> you know. Yeah, see, that's crazy, because that well, kind of stuff... How can they punish Syracuse at all for Fab Mello's bullshit? Well, isn't there a statute of limitations? Yeah, I mean, I think there is, but, like, how can you punish anybody ever again if they're not coming down right on UNC yesterday? Exactly. You know, UNC's admitting 25-plus years of, of bullshit. You know, I don't know. Makes no sense to me. Well, I mean, it just goes to the point that the NCA is, you know, is so corrupt and they're so ridiculous. Yeah. Um, that there's no institutional control. They're they're basically a power broker. They're 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 a media broker. Yeah. That, that's essentially all they are. Yeah, selling the rights for the NCAA tournament. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So. Because it's not football. Because the conferences are the ones making the money off the football. Right. You know, CFP, that's not an NCAA thing, the playoff. Yeah, no, college has always been uh, has always been independent. Yeah. But, like, they, you know, they make billions off the NCAA tournament. Uh, it won't be long before, you know, the, whatever, the Power Five or the, you know, top six conferences split off and, you know, run their own basketball tournament. And then, you know, they're going to use a similar model to, to the football and they'll be fine. And yeah. the NCAA will, you know, kind of be snipped and, and they'll have to kind of revisit the whole, you know, the whole idea of amateurism and whatnot. But at that point it won't matter because they'll have just non-revenue sports. I mean, it's, you know what? I always said this, if, you know, if like, like, you go to an LSU game, there's 102,000 people in the stands. You think anybody's sitting up there like, oh, man, I wonder if they're going to class on Monday, you know? Like, 
I'm sure the people up there would be just as happy to go to games as long as the team was called LSU, even if all the students were mercenaries. I mean, all the players. Yeah. I mean, they're all mercenaries anyway. Like, you know, you can have the kids who want to study football, and you can have the kids that know that this is the end of the road, which is most of the players on a football team, and they can actually get degrees. But why force somebody to go to fucking class when when it's all a fiction anyway? Like when the guys at Syracuse are all sign up for child and family studies. What's really the point of that? Yeah, it's true, man. You know, it's like, true. I, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure the people in Syracuse would be happy to go watch the Syracuse Orange basketball team, the team that was sponsored by Syracuse University, regardless of the fact of whether those kids went to school there or not. You know, screw it. Just make it a real minor league. Right. Right. Because you're over. I hope they're getting their bullshit degrees. I hope they're getting their bullshit degrees that you can't do anything with. Because who wants to hire a six foot ten guy who's got a special who specialized in child and family studies? Yeah, because they're not on par. Even even as part of the student body. Um you know, you would sit in Fagan's and, and you know, J.B. Reese Snyder would walk in or, um, or you know, John Wallace would show up down on Marshall Street and walk in. It would be like a celebrity walking in. Yeah. You know, you don't feel on par with those guys anyway. And then coupled that with the fact that the overwhelming majority of any fan base on, you know, on the college level are you know, alumni, you know, locals or boosters. Yeah. They're not student body. Yep. You know, how how many kids go to LSU? Like 25, 26,000 yeah. or something. Right. So you got to figure less than 20% of the student bot, less than 20% of the fan base on any given night physically at the venue. Yeah. Is, and they keep pushing the students over further and further so that they can sell. Students used to have really good seats. Now they've all been pushed to like the corner of the end zone and over, you know? Yeah, because the because the seats that were for students, those are too valuable to to allow students who are going to school there, who the experience really like. That's when football started out. It was really about the student experience. Those seats are too valuable for current students to have. You got to sell those to rich assholes. <laughs> you know. Mm. Yeah, screw it. Oh, I remember going to college and. Sitting in the nosebleed seats, you know, like, I mean, it is, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, it's like, it's none of the experience is about anything having to do with college. You know, you go to Syracuse basketball, that's their professional basketball team. You go to LSU football. I mean, Baton Rouge is an hour away from New Orleans, but might as well be a million miles away. That's their professional team. Right. You know, most of those people don't care. Most of those people in Tiger State, maybe not most, but. A good number of them could give a damn about the Saints, you know. They're all LSU first, you know. Yeah. That's a professional team. And, I mean, it's kind of, right, I guess we still got to give seats to the students. You know, they play a 100,000-seat stadium, and you're not even guaranteed tickets if you're a student. That's yeah. a joke. Yeah, that's ridiculous. It's like, I don't know. And then just for the right to buy the tickets, you got to donate thousands of dollars a year. You know, that's not even for the ticket price. That's for the right to buy the ticket. Right. You know, Such it used to be 20 years ago, you would just pay, oh, I want season tickets. 
Uh, I mean, I was talking about this with Jared, one of the guys I work with, because his, you know, they have four tickets. You know, his dad, and the tickets go back to his grandpa originally had the four season tickets. You know, since like the '40s or something ridiculous. You know, right. And like even like 25 years ago, is you just you just paid the season ticket price. You know, and now it's like. Oh, you got to pay the season ticket price, and you got to give us a five thousand dollar donation this year. You know, just to hold on to your tickets. It's, yeah, it's 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 incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Where um, where do the students sit at Tulane? At Tulane, well, they got that small stadium, but they're in the end zone. Yeah, <laughs> even there, the small stadium, the small a twenty some thousand seat stadium for an. Uh, a school undergrad, probably seven thousand undergrad. They're all in the end zone too. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Um, where where does Jeff Blake sit? Jeff Blake, I don't know where Jeff Blake sits. <laughs> I did see a Jeff Blake jersey last week, a Jeff Blake Bengals jersey. Okay, all right, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, because you know Jeff Blake was briefly a saint, right? <laughs> As I know, who was unseated by Aaron Brooks, who was inducted into the Saints Hall of Fame and we should know that game was cursed because they did the ceremony last week so they had him and John Carney the kicker circle the field <laughs> at halftime uh, uh, who's like, Aaron Brooks is one of the most hated Saints ever um why because uh, people thought he didn't take the game seriously he was always laughing and smiling when he threw an interception people hated Aaron Brooks what um who else is in the Saints Hall of Fame? Uh Ricky Jackson, you know, um of course Morton Anderson, Willie Roof. Those are the those are well actually Morton Anderson isn't in the pro Hall of Fame yet, but he should be. But Willie Roof and Ricky Jackson are the only two real true Saints to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh Sam Mills isn't in the uh, Saints Hall of Fame? The Saints Hall of Fame. He's not in the He's not in the Pro Hall of Fame yet. He's he's in the Saints Hall of Fame though, right? The Saints Hall of Fame, okay. yeah. He's uh, from Long Branch, New Jersey. Yeah, Montclair State, man. Yeah. Buddies with uh, Klaus, I believe. <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> he's not. I can't believe Klaus never took credit for that though. But uh, oh yeah, Sam Mills and I. Um, God, I mean, I could Archie Manning obviously is in the Saints Hall of Fame. Right, right. He's like the most adored friggin' saint ever. He started with the Saints or ended with the Saints? Started with the Saints. Okay. They drafted him, you know, 1970. I think he was the second pick. Second or third pick, you know? And, um, you know what? If fate, if, you know, if things worked out differently and he ended up getting drafted by the Steelers, he would have won four Super Bowls. Right. Instead, he's drafted by the worst team in football. <laughs> you know, where for years, most of his career, he was the best player on a shitty team. You know, he was always getting sacked. Yeah, because they were beyond shitty, right? They were they were kind of bumbling. Yeah, they were bumbling. One year, they made it to 8-8, eight eight, like in 1978, I think it was, or maybe 79. You know, they had like the top offense in the NFL and... And they were actually, like, threatening to have a winning record and go to the playoffs. And uh, I think that was the same year that they blew a huge lead against the Raiders. 
not to be confused with the huge lead they blew in 1980 or eight. Yeah, 1980, I think it was. Or was that 79 too? Joe Montana when he came back from a 28 point deficit and beat him. But um, yeah, it must have been 80. But 79, it was a Monday night football game where they were up by like 28 to 7 against the Raiders at halftime and they lost. And then. And then, so people like in 1980, I don't remember this, obviously, because I was a toddler. Right. But so in 79, they go 8-8, eight and eight, and they had a good, you know, really good offense. You know, Wes Chandler was on their team back then. I think he was on the team in 79. Chuck Muncy was on the team, too. Those oh, yeah. guys who ended up being Chargers. Right. And those Dan Fouts Chargers teams. And um, so people are psyched, and in 1980, they go 1-15. You know, and that's pretty much the story of the Saints. Yeah. They, uh, I think, they, I think it, it was either the last or the second to last game of the season. It took them before they won. You know, they beat the Jets at Shea Stadium. <laughs> that was the only game they won in 1980. <laughs> of course, it's the Jets, right? <laughs> <laughs> but then they hired Bum Phillips, and that's who the coach was when I was little. And what I remember vividly was. 1983 it was. It was the last game of the season. They were 8-7. and seven. The Rams were 8-7. And seven. and that they were in the AFC West back then with the Rams, the Niners, and the Falcons. But whoever won that game was going to get the wild card. Um, who was our quarterback? Must have been Dave Wilson must have been the quarterback then because Archie was gone. Um and I remember sitting there on a Sunday afternoon watching that game. It was in the dome, but sitting in front of the TV, and I was still naive, you know? Like, <laughs> I didn't understand football so much. And uh, the Rams kicked the field goal to go up by, like, two points with two seconds left on the clock. Yeah. And I, it was Mike Lansford was the – kicker for the Rams and I remember I was like oh but we still got a chance and my dad was like no <laughs> and I remember they kicked the ball off the guys tried to toss it back a couple of times and it was over right and right. that was the peak of the butt of the uh, bum Phillips era in New Orleans <laughs> did he wear um his cowboy hat and his uh as his his fur coats yeah he used to wear but the thing was he would never wear the cowboy hats at the home games because they played in the dome and a gentleman oh. had inside. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. That was fun. That's really funny though. Cause he coached in two domes, you know, he coached the Astrodome and the Superdome, but then, you know, Bum Phillips, uh, he traded away like the next year he traded away for Earl Campbell and that fucking, sucked because Earl Campbell was done. Right. I remember a game. It must have been the last game of the season because they had already changed the end zones for the Sugar Bowl game, which was going to be, I think, Tennessee versus Miami. You know, so it must have been, you know, late December 1984. I think it was or something like that. And, um, Earl Campbell breaks off this huge run, you know, against the Falcons. And he's he's running. It's going to be like a 60-something yard touchdown, something ridiculous. 
And right before he gets to the end zone, a guy for the Falcons came up behind and punched the ball right uh, out. You know, and that's that that epitomized Earl Campbell's post Oilers playing days, you know? Yeah. Guy was the guy was dead, but you know, he was Bum Phillips' favorite player, you know. He coached him at Houston and he, he rode him into the ground when he was there, you know. That's um Yeah, that's like um, you know, Willie Mays on the Mets. Yeah, yeah. That kind of deal. Um, Friggin' Franco Harris on the Seahawks. See, I don't have a, I don't have a, a memory like that. I, I don't know why. I don't know if I don't pay attention. I don't know if I just don't recall or if I just catalog things and, you know, kind of store them away for good and, and don't, you know, have a need to, to, to bring them back because I, like... There's a f- a number of sporting events that I can that I they fully recall, and none of them are really any of my favorite teams. Like maybe I remember watching uh, Fernando Valenzuela beat the beat the Yankees in the World Series in maybe '81. Yeah, man, what am I like seven? <laughs> Something like that. You know, I can vaguely remember it, but it didn't have a huge impact on me. Um, we've talked about, I can remember the, um, you know, I remember the Georgetown, um, you know, Final Four games. Remember the Georgetown Villanova game. What I remember about the Georgetown Villanova game, I remember waking up when it was over. Because <laughs> I was a kid. Right, right, you right. Know, it was hard to stay up for that. I remember I remember waking up right as it ended, you know, because they had that old guy, the old trainer for Villanova that was like in a wheelchair and stuff. You remember that guy? I do. I do. Yeah, and they were all like, yeah. I remember certain specifics. I have a really good memory, though. I'm not going to be shy about that. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember some weird stuff, you know? See, I'm good with, like, uh, you tell me where you went to college. You tell me who your college roommate was. You tell me what your first job was. Like, tell me what your first car was. Like, in a conversation. Yeah. If I'm engaged in it, I can... You know, I can remember it, but if I'm if I'm passively um, engaged in the activity, essentially sitting there watching it, uh, I'm not going to remember it all that much. Like, yeah. there was a joke going around, I guess, on on uh, Noon's Magician um, about uh, the cow game. And they're still in it. Yeah, they're still yeah, in it. Yeah, they've been I, running that for a couple of years because it was that. You remember that. Well, I guess you don't remember it because that's the point of this story, right? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> I had to look it up, and luckily they they made reference to it, you know, to kind of to kind of cue people in um, that didn't know what the hell was going on. But then I had to to look back. Now I remember playing Montana yeah, in that year, Montana. and then I remember playing Michigan. Everything in between. I couldn't tell you that we played Cal. Yeah, yeah, Cal was that, you know, the second, third round game. Thank God they're getting rid of that. Did you hear about that? No, what is it? What's no, the... You know, over the last couple of years, the playing games, they've been called in the first round. Yes. They they announced the other day that they're going back to the playing games or just the fucking playing games. The first and second rounds are really the first and second rounds. All right, good. You know, because, you know, they call the round the 32, the third round now. You know, they're getting rid of that. Thank God. All right. But um, I remember the Cal game because it was miserable. It took forever. 
they were never really a threat to beat us. You know, it was like we only ended up winning by six, but you know, I was just most of the game we had like a twelve point lead. You know, right, right. Now and, I remember, I remember the game as you're describing it. I remember watching it. I remember. Yeah, it was a terrible game. Like it was just awful, and and that's the thing. The the announcers kept trying to, you know keep people's attention it was like you know they want to give some suspense to a game that had no suspense right you know and it wasn't like one of these games where it's a blowout and you're just marveling at how good the other team is or anything you know it was just like a miserable drag out friggin perfunctory basketball game that needed to be played now we also played indiana was that the olin depot team yeah like they we were really Indiana good. We played Indiana in Sweet 16, then we beat Marquette in the Elite Eight. Victor Home Depot, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, I, if you if you jog my memory, I can kind of recall. But you know, to sit Reardon is 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 similar to you in the sense that like he's got a photographic memory, and when it comes to sports, forget it. Yeah. Like, he can tell you about some random regular season Celtics game in 84 that had no bearing on anything. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If I'm not. We lost by 14 points. Sorry, I just had to chime in on that. (laughs) Oh, what was the final score? 73 to 59. Good. I like when we lose like this because. Rather than setting than us going this big old string where everybody gets their hopes up, and then we really realize that we're not as good as we thought we were later on. You know, at least this way now we can play from a position of surprising or you know everything's gravy. You know. Yeah. 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 Um, right. Sorry to interrupt your point. Man. No, it's all right. That's the Raiders right. their first game of the season tonight, though, so that's important. Oh, they did. What was the score of that game? 24 to 20. That's a mild upset. Yeah. Well, Chiefs are good, man. They beat the Seahawks last week. No one expected that. You know? I mean, the Chiefs are going to be a play, are, are a likely playoff team. Um, which is good because last week, last week, my suicide pool finally ended and I won. Oh, nice job. Yeah. I was, never win those. Dude, I usually am out by the second week of those things. Right. It was it was only like probably like 13, 14 guys playing. But, you know, $20 a piece, it's a decent pot. Yeah. Um, but it was a war of attrition. You know, when you get to the 11th week of the season, you know, all the good teams have been taken. Right. You know, the only team that was semi-decent for whatever reason I didn't take them during season because they've been having an up and down season. Uh, so I took the Niners. I was able to take the Niners last week, you know, and they were playing at the Giants, and I didn't even feel that good about that game because the Niners are a team that can suck one week. Same with the Giants. They're a team that usually sucks that can be good one week. Right. You know? Right. And um, you don't find out. And me and the other guy is this guy I'm friends with, uh, this kid Jordan, it was uh, me and him probably had been in it together for the last four weeks. You know, it just kept rolling over every week. You so know, just we you and him? Yeah, and we, 
one week we both picked the Patriots. You know, it was probably the first week. But other weeks we picked different teams, you know. And our different teams just kept winning, you know. Right. And uh, so they, you don't get to see who the other guy picked until the kickoff of the noon, a.k.a. 1 o'clock games on Sunday. <laughs> uh. um, all right. I just had to readjust my... And a scratchy, itchy ear. <laughs> <laughs> so I leave the we leave the game the other day, the Saints game, you know, and and I look and uh I'm like, let me check the score that Giants Niners game. I get in the ESPN app and there's very little time left in the fourth quarter. The Niners are up sixteen to ten, and it's like Giants ball at the six yard line or something at Niners six yard line, third and whatever. I'm like, fuck. You know? Yeah, they were driving. They had a chance to win. Yes. And then it updates, you know, Eli Manning, blah, 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 intercepted on fourth down. I'm like, oh, thank God. And now look, and I saw who he picked, and he picked the Redskins who got blown out by the Buccaneers. I was like, come on, just hold on, Niners, just hold on. <laughs> <laughs> and then when the final came on, I was like, oh, good. I was so nervous that something was wrong, that maybe he really didn't pick. Maybe WSAS wasn't the Redskins, or maybe that Giants game really wasn't finished, you know, before I would, before I went, went out and sent any shit-eating text messages. So I just let him send it, and send it later on. Oh, you won, man. I'm like, oh, okay. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, remind him tonight. He's like, I'll tell my buddy to uh, send you the money. So tonight I sent him a text message. I was like, where's my cash? <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, I talked to him, blah, blah, blah. He forgot about it. It's on the way. So I can use that cash. <laughs> <laughs> Um, hey, speaking of fantasy games, we covered, um, I think in an entire episode one time, your fantasy baseball exploits. How'd you do with your fantasy baseball team this season? Um, seller as usual. <laughs> you know, I, I was trying to think if I was in last place or second to last place. Uh, you, you know where I excel? We have an, um, I don't think I excelled there this year, but <laughs> but I think I did win a game there. We have a loser round for the four teams that don't make the playoffs. Okay. Because, uh, you know, it gives you prof. We used to have you would get the pick based on how you finished, but whoever won the loser consolation round got the first or got his choice of pick because having the first pick in the draft always isn't the best position to be in uh, if you have keepers and stuff like that, you know? Right. So you might want to say, hey, I'll take the last pick of the first round if you don't have a keeper in the second round and you have a keeper in the first, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That way, that's the quickest way you're going to get the soonest pick for you. Right. Now, uh, but now we have, like, I guess because these guys are nerds, uh, they, they're like, we got to do a lottery system now. So now you get more uh, balls in the lottery. <laughs> Uh, no way. Yes. And whoever wins that gets to decide where they want to pick. You know, I always win at least one of those games. I don't think I won the consolation prize this year. But, my yes, my team sucks because I don't know enough about baseball because I don't care. Wait, it's an eight? It's an eight-league, uh, 18-league? It's uh, I think it's 10. Okay. 
You know, I think six teams make it. I think two teams get a bye. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. And how'd you get roped in in law school, buddy? Yeah, it's my buddy Todd. They were looking for an extra guy a couple of years ago. He's like, well, you play? I said, yeah. I mean, I like, I love going to the draft and I like playing with those guys. I always think I have a good team in the draft. The problem is you got to be on top of that shit with baseball, especially. Yeah, baseball is like an everyday deal, right? Yeah, I mean, well, you got to be on top of it, on, of knowing who's, of who the good young players are. You know, because like you can pick a team which sounds great in theory, but then like, you know how it is, just like how it is in football. You know, there's guys that come out of nowhere. Baseball, it's so much harder if you don't really follow it that much, you know? Yeah. Like the guy that a few, these guys are so, like, they're so into baseball. Like one guy picked up, what's that guy's name for uh, the Dodgers, the Cuban guy? Uh, Yasiel Puig? Yes, he picked them up, like, before he hit it, you know, like two seasons ago. You know, right before, like he speculated on because he knew, oh, that guy's fucking going to be good. You know, it's like me, like when Yasiel Puig is like on SportsCenter, that's the first time. I, and I don't even really watch SportsCenter <laughs> that much. But when it's like, Yasiel Puig, this young guy hitting all these home runs out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, man, I should go get him. And <laughs> he's been taken for weeks at that point. Right, <laughs> you know? right. Occasionally, I'll get lucky and pick a guy like Josh Donaldson for the A's, who who ends up like just happen. I get him in the draft very low because he's not friggin' ever panning out. But then he he ends up like getting into you know the the peak of his career, you know, and, and just keeps getting better. And I can keep him, and he's never really drafted that high. So it never really took up too many spots, you know? You, right. The other got, guys, the other yeah. guys in your league know who he was. They just passed on him. They passed on because he was, because up until that point, he was like a failure. He was, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's my story on, on how that works for me. Yeah. <laughs> Even football, like, you know, I bank on nobody getting injured because I don't have the energy to wake up. So uh, the one league I was in, I don't even know if we do it like that anymore. I don't even, maybe we do a waiver wire. I don't know. But it used to be first come, first serve. Right. You know, right, which right. meant Tuesday morning at 7 a.m., you know, or, and they have like, you know, one guy who's got a who's a computer nerd, so he's got he always has a faster connection than you. <laughs> and I was like, and after a couple of times getting burnt, where you know, where I'd be up in the morning, he are and you know, I'm on, but he still gets it. I was like, fuck it, I don't care, dude. This, this is no fun. You know, that's no fun to me. That like his technology was trumping me. You know, right? Do you play? You have a fantasy football team now? I have. Three fucking fancy football teams. Who do you play with? Well, one league charges nothing. That's the league with the baseball guys. Because okay. they just do it. Because they don't... They like baseball way more than football. Okay. So the baseball league costs money. The football league doesn't cost anything. And I don't even know. My record in there, I know I won one game. 
that team sucks. But I play another league with guys that I've been playing with since 2000. The only time we didn't play in that league, the league fell apart for a year in 2005 because of Katrina. Okay, makes sense. We were supposed to do the draft that week. And then we never got drafted and everybody was scattered, so we just suspended play for a year. Um, so I've been with those guys since 2000. I won the league the first year I played. Um, never won it since. Got to the playoffs last year. Had a decent chance, but didn't go far. There was controversy, though, because uh, the league kind of recolonized this year. Because there were a couple of guys in the league, guys that like I've been friends with forever, who um, who wouldn't pay their dues on time, and it kind of pissed people off. You know, guys who had money, but just wouldn't, for whatever reason, just would never pay the dues. So, you know, you, you win the league, and it's like, oh, you got to go chase down these guys to pay you, you know, your, your money. You know, because that was what goes in the pot, you know? Right. And so, so this year, guy was like, oh, this other guy who'd been playing with us, he's taking over. He's a commissioner. We're restarting a new league, but we're only asking people we want to be involved with if you want to be involved. And I was like, good, my chance to get out of this shit. <laughs> so I was sick of it. And I was like, I don't want to play. And, uh, you know, because uh, there was a, they were fighting over, should we do a draft party? I was like, I don't want to do a draft party. I want to do it online and get done with it in two hours. Right. You know, because I I really hate draft parties. I hate drafting. I hate sitting there. It takes forever. You know, let's just do it online. Everybody has a minute to pick, you know? Yep. Please. And they were, and one guy was like, I do this just for the draft party. I was like, fine, I don't need to play. You can have the draft party. And dude's like... Dude, you've been this forever. He guilted me into it. I was like, fuck it, I'm in. <laughs> and then I ended up getting another one because a girl who I went to law school with, uh, her and her boyfriend have a little league, and they needed somebody else, and they also need some testosterone. So I joined their league, and I actually have a really good team in that league. That's who I went to the Saints game with on Sunday, that girl, because her boyfriend was sick or... I mean, I could say it on here. Nobody knows people are listening. She tells people that he's sick because I guess she doesn't want to tell him that he was had a hockey game. He plays ice hockey, but the rink's in Baton Rouge, you know? <laughs> it's like the only ice rink for like a uh, hundred mile radius. Wait, because it's sacrilege to do something else during the yeah, Saints game? I guess, I guess it's a better excuse to say he's sick and he can't come than, no, he's off playing hockey. Because people would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know? So, so I didn't open my mouth. Like, So we go and sit in her seats. And um, this guy shows up. And she's like, uh, and she's like, and this is Matt. And he looks at me. And he's like, oh, I know this guy. And I look at him. And I'm like, oh, Kevin. And it's a guy I graduated from high school with. But I didn't recognize him at first because he's one of those Movember guys. Oh, okay. All right. So he's got his big burly mustache on. You know, and what is what do do they share season tickets or are they just sit in the same area? He happens to sit right next to to where they have their season tickets, and just by a twist of fate, it happens to be a guy I graduated high school. Got it. <laughs> would you um would you ever get Saints season tickets? No, 
No, it's too, it's too much of a commitment, right? Yes. And also, you know, most of those games start at noon. You know, the commitment of having to get up early in the morning and do all that shit. You know, I like the idea of coming and going as I please. Yeah. You know, I have the... I have the the two lane season tickets, and that was six games, and that's even kind of a bitch sometimes, you know. But at least those games are usually played in the evening, right? You know, like so you can fuck around. Even last week, it was homecoming, and the game was at two thirty, so I was able to do all kinds of shit in the morning before I had to get ready to go to the game. You know, Saints game. You know, the game kicks off at noon. Don't, and then by the time you get out of the stadium, especially this time of year after daylight savings time is done, the day's over, man. I wouldn't mind like splitting with like four guys. You mean two games apiece? Yeah. That's well, yeah, I mean I could do four games, but yeah, I mean Yeah, it's a commitment. It it really is a commitment. Two games, and then you have a lottery for um, postseason, but you can't win postseason two games in a row, two years in a row. You know what I mean? Something like yeah, that. Like it's going to the Rose Bowl. You remember, teams couldn't go. Like, if you were, like, theoretically, Michigan could go to Rose Bowl every year. But if they went, like, say, in 2012, but they tied the next year for the conference, the team right. that didn't go got to go to the Rose Bowl. <laughs> Exactly. Michigan technically won the tiebreaker. Exactly. Now, don't forget, I'm talking about me now in my current situation. Like, if I was, even if I was a Giants fan or a Jets fan, that's a that's an hour and a half drive on game day. Yeah. It's only like 40 miles, but it's you know, there's only one way in, one way out, kind of deal. Yep. So, like, that's a huge commitment. And the reason I'd want to go would be um, to go to tailgate, um, you know, kind of get there in the morning when the gates open, you know, make breakfast. It's a pretty good scene, um, you know, in that area. And that to do that for more than two times a year would be an absolute killer. And those games kick off at one. You know how early you got to get out there? Yeah, you got to leave at 6 o'clock. Yeah. Like, they got people out there, like, for the Saints games. You know, it's it's more convenient to me, you know, where I live, because, you know, the Superdome is more conveniently located than Meadowlands. <laughs> you know, because it's actually in the downtown part of the city, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, not yeah. Like, like, you go to a Pats game, it's literally an all-day event, because it's fucking east jesus you know yeah and that's for everybody but like if you want to go tailgate you got to get down there way early man and it's crazy you know and they got these guys guys who are they got dudes who are setting up the night before for that shit you know yeah. like you go by like on a saturday night they got people who are set up you know in parking lots around downtown you know getting ready for a tailgate the next morning it blows me away yeah that is crazy um a cool tailgating scene is out on the West Coast um, because they're playing games while they're setting up the tailgating. So the yeah. East Coast games are going on. So all these people out West have like RVs and 
um, flat screen TVs. Well, I guess all TVs are flat screen TVs these days, but like, you know, LCD or LED TVs, um, you know, on the side of the, uh, on the side of the RV and they've got like outdoor, you know, furniture that set up like a living room style and people are just kind of lounging around, you know, it's you go to the LSU tailgate. That's how they roll. Yeah. Every, I mean, you see a lot of people that set up at the saints tailgate too. It's like people that got the RVs that are scattered around, but it's, but because there's no one central parking lot for a superdome, like the way Meadowlands is, you don't see it as much, but you go to LSU tailgate, you know, there's so many people, you know, they're just watching all the games that are, you know, usually the SEC games or something. You know, I remember, hell, I remember we, that must have been 2005, I think, LSU. You know, it was the Katrina year, I think it was, when LSU played Florida and we went to the game and it was a day game. And I remember leaving the stadium, you know, after the game had just ended and stopping in front of just some random guy's tailgate. You know, and it was the uh, USC Notre Dame game where Reggie Bush pushed Matt Leinart into the end zone or whatever it was. Yep, yep. You know, and every all the LSU people were all pissed off because the Pete Carroll USC teams were their ultimate nemesis. <laughs> all um, because of the 2003 shared national championship bullshit. Right, 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 right. <laughs> hey, does um, LSU plays most of their their home games at night? Yeah, that's the big thing. Night nighttime in Tiger Stadium. That's the legendary thing. That's when you want to be there. How many um how many of their games do they play at night? I mean, if it's a bullshit team, it's definitely being played at night. Usually the only time games get turned in the day is if like CBS or somebody is like, well, we're going to play that. We, we want to show that game, but we got to play it during the day. Gotcha. You know, but luckily they've changed the LSU Alabama game has become such a big thing that CBS has conceded that they got to show that at nighttime anyway. Yeah, that was great watching it at night. Yeah, I mean, nighttime at Tiger Stadium, it's like if you come down here, it's one of those things, you know, that, you know, everybody knows, like, that's when you want to go see a game. You want to. Everybody that wants to go to a Tiger Stadium game wants to go to a nighttime game. Right. So, like, that's what was cool about the Ole Miss game. It was actually a nighttime game. Two years ago when I went with my dad, it was actually a daytime game. You know, it was one of those 2.30 starts. And it's, you know, you talk to LSU people, oh, there's an aura when it's the nighttime, you know. That's a thing. Yeah, like, it's... You know, I mean, three, they, I guess they claim it's because people were working or something in the factories or whatever. Uh, and that's why the games are at night. But I, I, I think it has more to do with the fact that it's fucking Louisiana. Like, it's Tulane <laughs> usually played at night. It's right. fucking hot as hell during the day and in, well into October. Right. You know, that like playing daytime games. Like the game I was telling you about, the Florida game I went to in 2005 or whatever, I had such a bad sunburn because I didn't even think about it. We were getting all fucked up in the parking lot. I didn't even think about uh, putting on uh, sunblock or anything, but it was miserably hot. Hell, Tulane opened the stadium, and that was uh, 
September. It was early September, and and because ESPN mandated it be a daytime game, and it was people were bailing, dude. It was like, you know, ninety something fucking degrees with the humidity. <laughs> and I was like, what asshole? You know, because even at night it can be hot, but at least it's bearable at night. You know, right, right. It's like you can't play that shit during the day down here. No one wants to play daytime games in September. Yeah, so. And even in October, it's hot sometimes, like I was saying. So. I don't know. Nighttime. So when Syracuse plays LSU at Tiger Stadium, uh, I can guarantee with almost, I'll say 99.9%, give that guarantee, that it will be a nighttime game. Nice. Yeah. Nice. All right. So that'll uh, that'll make the road trip worth it. Yeah. And that's what you want to be there for. Yeah. All that'll right, make I mean, the trip worth it. Maybe we'll have a quasi-respectable team by the time we get down here in three years. Uh, speaking of which, we got to uh, we got to get in gear for uh, the 2015 LSU visit to the Dome. Yeah, yep, I know, man. I was uh, thinking about that the other day. It'll be here before we know it. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, I got to get in Sanders' ears and tell him something about that, especially since you were claiming to be an expert at all that stuff. Were <laughs> <laughs> uh, you not? <laughs> I don't know if I claimed to be an expert. I think I, I claimed that I could easily organize it well i'd say that only an expert would claim he could easily do it (laughs) (laughs) can i tell you about a blast from the past today yeah please do so today um right before i was heading to lunch you know my i'm the only person who's upstairs at my office you know it's an old 150 year old house uh, and but the receptionist takes the mail and she's got to scan the mail and she's got to bring you the mail. She hates bringing me my mail because it means she's got to walk her fat ass up the stairs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's like a 21 year old girl, you know, like she's, you know, I'm like, are you that fucking lazy? You can't even come up the stairs, you know? <laughs> and it's not like she's a big fat girl or anything. She just doesn't like to come walk up the stairs. Right. Uh, but she'll always go up there to eat her lunch, you know, <laughs> she always likes to try to get the opportunity to give me my mail as I'm passing by the desk, right? Yeah, as I'm passed by her desk, uh, when I'm coming down there and I was heading down there to go hit up lunch with, uh, you know, with Jacob, I was going to go grab him and she's like, Oh man, I got mail for you. And usually when she does that, I'll be like, Oh, you can bring this up to me later. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, it offends me. Because it's like, like I'm not a real attorney, right? Right. You know, like I should get some respect. Like you should have to bring me my fucking mail. I don't get that much respect in the office, but I should get a little. Right. It'll come of it. Uh, so uh, she's like, "You got this mail in here," and she hands me and it's this, you know, envelope with scrawled handwriting. You know, Matt Livicary, 2018 Britannia Street, my office address. 
and then the corner, you know, it's a uh, one of those little return address stickers that people get made. Yeah, from like you get them up here, you get them free from the March of Dimes. Yeah, March of Dimes, Easter Seals. Yeah, yeah. they all send that shit out. Yeah. And I look at it and it says Aaron Goldberg. <laughs> and I opened it, it was like a little piece of note paper, like like one of those little spiraled notebooks, those little ones, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, ripped up and it was like, hi, Matt, blah, 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 blah. Live. This is Aaron Goldberg, blah, blah, blah. Uh, just want to know what's up, man. Uh, uh, I'm married. I got two kids now. Uh, I'm still living in Pittsburgh. Uh, this is my phone number. You can call me. You want to shoot me an email? You can shoot me an email. Just me and my brother were thinking about you. Aaron Goldberg. <laughs> Wait, so what did he do? Googled you and found your work address? Well, his brother's a lawyer, so I guess, you know, I think he maybe he knew somehow that I went to law school. I don't know when I talked to him, you know, but that's what it must have been. They must have Googled because, because if you go to the bar site, you get my address on there, you know? Okay. You know, and maybe that's what I'm thinking. Maybe his brother was like, "Well, maybe he's a lawyer now or something." You know, uh, and that that's the address you would get from my from my bar page, which anybody could search on the internet. You know, right, right, right. And uh, you know, I think in 2012 he might have caught he called my mom's house and left a message, and I took down a number, but I think I must have had the number wrong anyway. But I was like, maybe I'll call him one day. But I, but I never did. Right. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so but then I looked at the number he had on there. I compared it to the number that I'd saved in my phone, it, and then and it was different by one number in my phone anyway. So I so I so I rested. It. So I was like, well, that's good. That gave me a little solace. I was like, I had the wrong number anyway. <laughs> You gave yourself the wrong number. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, so I sent him a text message tonight, you know, like right when I was sitting down to get my hair cut. Like, hey, dude, blah, blah, blah. You know, I don't really have a lot of time to talk, but I'll catch up with you soon. Congrats on the family, yada, yada, yada. But I haven't heard back from him, you know. But but I was like, I'll bury the hatchet with Goldberg because he seems like he really wants to reach out. You know, I don't know. For whatever, Brian will not get over that shit. Because when we lived in Boston, Goldberg tried to get in touch with us. I think I did speak to him. Or maybe right before I moved there, I spoke to him. But Brian, you know, Brian will not get past it. He, You know, Brian, Brian's like Mr., you know. He takes that shit seriously, and if you betray him, you know, it's like the fucking Godfather. You don't cross an Albanian. Yeah, you're like, Brian, you f- you fuck up. It takes a lot of work if you fuck a friendship up with Brian Peters. What um, what happened? He ended up just kind of blowing up the whole, the whole relationship, like, in the waning weeks and months of college, right? Yeah, I mean, I remember... Shaggy telling us how Goldberg told him, and this is near the end of school, I guess, because how he told him, there's nobody I care, there's nobody here I care to speak to ever again after we leave. You know, he told, and Shaggy was like, really? That's kind of a dickhead thing to say, you know? 
Uh, you know, like, why would you say that? Yeah, yeah. and that, that precipitated everything? It wasn't like... I mean, I think him and Brian were already having issues, you know, where, you know, I don't... I mean, they were they were close, super close, you know? A- absolutely. Because like, um, they lived together for, like... Yeah, you know, we lived together for those two years, you know? Well, his freshman year, he would... I don't know if he lived with Goldberg, but he would bring Goldberg over uh, to 1106 to hang out with us. Yeah, Goldberg... The reason I met Brian... The reason I met Goldberg was when Brian was living with Fredo sophomore year, and I went to hang out with Fredo, and Brian was off DJing the formal with you. Right. We were hanging out with Goldberg. And that was the first time I ever met Goldberg and we became buddies. He um uh he was a weird little dude, but he was always a caricature of himself. Oh, like yeah. he, he was never just normal, you know? Yeah. And he another a- um sorry, before I get let me just finish up on the the thing also is like he got the girlfriend, you know, who's the architecture student our senior year there. And that, that's when he kind of blew us off, you know? And, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And she was an architecture student, so she had an extra year there, fifth year there, you know, as opposed to just being a super senior like I was. Right. The weird thing was the next year, you know, he comes to town to hang out with her, and and no one had any clue he was coming to town. He didn't get in touch with any of us. And I remember working at Fagan's, I think Brian might have been working too, and Goldberg was just hanging out at the bar, like with her. Like he wasn't there to see us. It was just like he was there, just like as a regular patron. Right, right. <laughs> and that was really weird. And then, and then she dumped his ass because she was cheating on him or something, and we never heard from him again. You know? He, um, when when I graduated, so that May, um, like w- literally just like weeks before graduation, I started hooking up with um, with Jody. Jody Skolnick and uh, Laughlin was, was like knee deep into, uh, into a relationship with Stacy who was Jody's roommate. So like they were like boyfriend, girlfriend kind of deal. But, um, you know, Jody and I were just whatever, you know, I kind of met her. We hung out a little bit and that was it. I was going to leave school. She lived in Boston. I lived in New Jersey. I was going to law school in DC. Like we had no plans. Yep. But, um, you know, like at graduation, we were just kind of like, oh, um, I don't know. I'd kind of like to maybe see you again. So we made a plan to go back up to Syracuse, kind of meet mutually. Yeah. Um, it takes just as long to get from New Jersey to Boston or Boston to New Jersey as it does to get from either of those locations to Syracuse. But like yeah. it was a neutral ground that we were both comfortable with, you know? Yep. But so the plan was to go back up to 1106. I had to pick up some stuff and, um, you know, we were going to kind of hang out. Hang out and with Jody on that grubby ass couch we had in there with the, <laughs> with the permanent iron imprint on the top of the cushion. Luckily, um, I don't like an imprint where somebody left an iron too long on that couch. Wait, did you just take all of our furniture? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. That, yeah. The, I don't I'm, know where I'm, we, I am, a hundred percent sure that your furniture was our furniture. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. We might have gotten that at like uh, maybe Mike Peters brought a couch, and we went yeah. to like um, 
you know, uh, goodwill or whatever. Yeah. But I had I had somehow finagled it so my bedroom stayed my bedroom okay. until I was ready to to take all the stuff out of it. I don't know who went in there. I think. Um, I think that's I th- the one Shaggy lived in. It it was, was the it on really the third floor, the attic. Thirty third floor, the one on the left, the really tiny one. Yeah, that's the one Shaggy moved in where it was basically just big enough to have a bed in there. Yeah, exactly. So I left my stuff in there, and um, we went back up. And at that time, Goldberg had a uh, had a girlfriend that he met from like the ski team or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Some blonde chick, and so it was basically me and Jody and Goldberg and his girlfriend, like double dating for a week while we. Oh, you know. Goldberg's girlfriend. That was his girlfriend. When we were sophomores, uh, yeah, 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 Vermont or whatever. Yeah, yeah, she was a skier. Yeah, I remember her, and that was like his actual serious girlfriend for a while. Yeah, she was nice. Um, okay. You know, I remember her like Jody telling me like she would she would kind of corner Jody in the, um, you know, whatever in the kitchen or something during the time we were up there, and she, you know, she'd be like. What do you think, Aaron? <laughs> but I vividly remember about her, oddly enough, uh, like sophomore year, I remember, I think we were helping her move some shit out of Watson. I think that's where she was living, Watson Hall. Oh, she was older, right? She may, yeah, I think she was a year or two ahead of him. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But I remember her telling me how their thing was watching Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> that was their thing. Yeah, how much she loved that show. She's like, we watch it all the time. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you. Al, did you have more with that Jody story? No, no, that was basically uh, it. I was just spinning was tales about Goldberg. Goldberg being a caricature. Yeah. Heaven forbid he ever listened to this podcast. <laughs> but like Jacob came into my office after after the lunch in the afternoon, he came up there. And uh, we're just bullshit. And then friggin' the receptionist finally came in there to give me my mail. (laughs) (laughs) This is like more than two hours after the original run-in with the mail. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) She finally found the energy to come upstairs to deliver me my mail around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) Um, and, And that mail was the Goldberg letter. Goldberg note, as I call it. Uh, so I started telling Jacob about it. And I was like, I was like, the funny thing is, you know, everybody always thought he was like this hardcore little truck driving guy, you know. But then we, you know, it was all a fiction, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He was a self-made man. Yeah, like I was like, I went home with him for Thanksgiving. You know, I was, I went home with him for Thanksgiving two years in a row. You know, junior and senior year, or in my world, third and fourth year. Um, and I was telling him the story, like, I was like, Goldberg had, like, you know, haircuts like ours, like we have now. You know, like, basic haircuts. Like, uh, he had a barbershop haircut. You know, like, nothing you would think is controversial. You know, close-cropped haircut you get at a barbershop. That's right. what to have. Right. Um I go, I remember being with him and his parents, you know, they're like, what you, they're like, why'd you ever do that to your hair? You know, it's the opposite of like, 
why are you letting your hair grow out? Why don't you get a haircut? Right, right. You know, get a haircut and get a job, son. And there was a picture of Goldberg on the wall, like with his, you know, like a professional-looking portrait uh, photograph <laughs> with, like, this beautiful head of hair. <laughs> so styled with length to it. And <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. They're pissed because he doesn't have that hair anymore. (laughs) (laughs) He's like Samson. He's like Samson. Yeah, and like we went out and skeet. We went skeet shooting with him and his brother. And this wasn't, you know, it's just like the hand skeet thing. But this was something that the parents weren't supposed to really know about that they were shooting guns and shit like that. And you know, he liked to play in the CB radio. And then you meet his family, and his family was great. Like his dad, Mark, it was a really cool guy. That was when I got to meet Bino Cook, which I think I've told the story before on here. Right, right. His dad was the one that told me to go speak to Bino Cook. But like his dad, I remember, you know, I expected something else. His dad came home. He was well-dressed. Like he always dressed in a suit every day, you know, very dapper. I was like, oh, my God, this is what Goldberg's running away from. <laughs> You know, he got the Syracuse, he grew the friggin' handlebar mustache, got a barbershop haircut, bought a CB radio. Cowboy boots and a belt buckle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the guy totally remade himself. He was a totally different guy, which is cool. You know, that's what people do in college. Right. But it's funny because it's like, it was like pulling back the curtain when I went home with him. <laughs> That's funny, but on that note, most people don't remake themselves into like into a hick. Yeah, but you know what? I've learned this with a lot because you know Jacob was like, "Oh, that's like someone else we know." Uh, another guy who who we know personally who has more than enough money and has been given a lot of stuff. People with money always want to connect with the with the middle working middle slash working class crowd you know (laughs) well i'm gonna take your word for it because i think we both fall in the same class of people uh who come from the middle class working class exactly we're we're those people anyway right but you ever see like i mean look at politicians no matter how rich these politicians are they're always trying to appeal to the working class guys they'll run around (laughs) their sleeves rolled up and you know, running around in flannel shirts and shit like that. Right, right. Now, I guess it's the no one wants to be no one wants to be uh, a patrician. I guess you know. Well but sad. I, I don't know if he. It'd be interesting to know whether he's still doing the truck driver thing. You know, and talk. But that's what killed me. Driving home with him. You know. He, he's a, he's in the CB radio talking to truckers. Can I get a can I get a twenty on that, good buddy? Over, you know. <laughs> he had like a like a big like Ford F one hundred and fifty or something, didn't he? No, no, he had a Blazer. Oh, he had a Blazer. All right. In his mind, it was a it was a Mack truck. Kelly's <laughs> <laughs> talking, you know, and this is pre cell phone, you know. Right. But I'm sure even now he'd probably maybe that's why he didn't reply to my text. Maybe it was maybe it's gone directly to a CB radio. <laughs> but I hope to hear back from the text inbounds back, so it must be him. Yeah, 
Well, there you go, man. You got to keep me posted on uh, on the comings and goings of one Aaron Yegi Goldberg. It looked like it could have been drunken scribbling, though. So we'll see. <laughs> but I'm really curious. He says he has two kids now. But you know? even if you do drunken scribbling, you don't do drunken mailing. Yeah. Well, and Jake was like, "Well, that just proves that whole that whole Jeff Foxworthy joke." I was like, "What?" He's like, "The guy's never." I was like, "What Jeff Foxworthy joke?" Because <laughs> if it's not, you might be a redneck if I don't know what it is. Right. Like, oh well, Jeff Foxworthy has this thing where he goes, "How guys like women will always, you know, send letters to people just in cards, like just thinking of you." And he, he's like, guys will never do that. But that friggin' note Goldberg sent me said, sent, sent me said, thinking of you. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess, I guess he disproves Jeff Foxworthy. Oh, well, on that note. Yeah. So that's interesting. So hopefully we'll have some Goldberg, more Goldberg news in the next coming weeks. Yeah, man. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Um, all right, man. I'll uh, I will uh, I'll talk to you this weekend. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll skip next week. It's Thanksgiving. Who knows? If you got some time on Tuesday, uh, maybe we'll bang something out. Um, yeah, you can do a truncated Thanksgiving show or something. Who knows? All right, good, good. Um, well, then with apologies to Kirk's brother, we'll see you guys next week. Hey, Fredo.